Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your host, Jake Scott, and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz win 118-117 over the Celtics, so let's get right down to coach, Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Council members on the team, a couple of guys on the team came up to me at practice, and uh, we started talking about the zone, um, and so we decided to bring it back and, and work on it some more. Um, we worked on it the last couple days at practice and thought it'd be a, a fun opportunity to try to bring it out. Obviously, we needed to change up our defense uh, based on how Boston was playing early in the game. So, um, yeah, we can talk more off the record about the zone. I just I don't have like a whiteboard. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and try to explain exactly what we're trying to do. But yes, it is a zone that requires a ton of communication um, from a lot of people. I spend most of my time, as usual, yelling at Walker to do more, but um, Walker understands that that comes from a place of love. How, how important is it that um, the younger guys on the roster are getting experience in these type, type of moments, um, you know, in the type of roles that they are, that they're in compared to at the beginning of the season? Yeah, this is um, this is it's priceless experience for them. You can't manufacture this in a training setting. No matter how high we try to make the stakes at a practice, no matter how loud we turn the music up, like you can't simulate coming down the stretch of a game against you know one of the best teams in the NBA um, with a loud arena. The pressure, the scramble, the communication, um, you can't simulate that. Um, playing a team of that quality in a close game, you know, that stuff that's so big for the growth of our team and for sure our young players. Like to have Talon make a big play down the stretch, Ochai's three was a massive play for us, obviously, um, on the dribble handoff. Walker continuing to be an anchor defensively, rebounding down the stretch. His late block on Grant Williams, like to be in that moment and to be responsible for executing to try to win a game, like that's that's really important for us. Um, it's important for us today to try to win this game, but it's also going to be really important for us moving forward because you can't. Like I said, you can't simulate that situation. Um, one of the things that makes Boston such a good team is those those guys have played in a lot of big games together. They've been in playoff series. They've been in conference finals. They've been in the NBA finals together. And 
you know, they're, they've been where we want to go. And so, like, for our guys to, to battle and to be in that close game with them is, is, is great experience for us. We're going to go back and try to learn from it as much as we can and teach from it as much as we can. Um, obviously, it's great to get the win, but there's for sure things down the stretch of the game that we can do better as a team. Um, you know, that situation of the game is something that we've tried to really coach and work on a ton this year is closing a game playing in a close game um, that's from behind that's with the lead there's a ton of different situations that that come into play so um, happy for our guys to to execute and it's always it's always sweet when a bunch of guys each make a play down the stretch it's not like one person doing five things and they kind of carry us over the finish line like it was cool to see Taylor make a big play which I make a big play um, you know, Kelly, again, continuing to be sort of unsung, like the play breaks down and he gets to the second side and executes the dribble handoff with Ochai to get him the three. Um, Lowry obviously continues to make big plays for us throughout the game. So, um, yeah, this, you know, these experiences are huge for us. Who are those two in council members? Uh, one of them wears a backwards hat a lot. <laughs> he wants to be unnamed, but that's the only clue I'll give you. And the other one is from Finland. Great. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen, um, or have you seen growth from Ochai on the defensive end in the last couple months? Yeah, absolutely. He's gotten so much more opportunity. He's having to guard the best players a lot. Um, when you're thrust into a starting role, your matchups are so different. Um, and, you know, when you come into the game six minutes into the game, there could be subs that happen, and you may not always draw that top player. So um, he's improved a lot. He's learned through failure a good amount. You know, like you get burned by the best players in the league, and um, you know he's just continuing to feel and understand the level of athleticism and physicality that he possesses. Um, one of Ochai's greatest strengths is that he is a wonderful kid. And one of Ochai's biggest weaknesses sometimes is that he's a wonderful kid. And so he's just kind of learning how to put that force on the game every night on both ends of the court. Uh, how do you feel with the role of Juan Toscano that he, I saw that you ask him, or you, he was uh, communicating with all his teammates. Uh, how do you feel with him on the team while he's playing? Juan has been a tremendous addition to our program. He's been obviously very well coached. He's won an NBA championship. He's been in big moments on high-level teams. Um, he brought a hunger and a fight to our program when he got here. I thought the injection of, of Juan as well as Chris and Damian coming into our program, like they gave us a little bit of like new blood, new life. They were hungry, they're, um, they're all fighting. And so it, it gave our team a little bit of an edge. You know, Juan's a great communicator with his teammates. He's incredibly encouraging of them. Um, he'll do anything that he's asked on the floor. He's had games he hasn't played. He's had games that he's played a good amount. He has games that he plays in the middle. And Juan just wants to win. And he goes out and plays his heart out every time he's on the floor. I want to make sure that I know what you mean about Ochai. 
uh, like strength training, someone with hidden weakness. Do you mean like in aggression? I mean like Ochai is the strength part of that is that he's incredibly coachable, he's very caring, he's very conscientious about everything that he's doing. Sometimes that's a weakness because he won't quite just let it rip. Um, he won't push the envelope. He's not going to like test the boundaries always. Sometimes he plays safe, um, which I totally understand. Like when you start the season, you're not in the rotation, you go to the G League, you're trying to like earn trust and credibility with the staff, your teammates, like you're just trying to sort of execute and like do your checklist of things every time you go in. And now we're at a stage with Ochai and his development and where he is in terms of his role on our team where you have to go for it some. And that means you're going to look crazy at times and you're going to have some failure. And I've been really proud of like the threes that he's hunted down. Like for him to shoot that three off that handoff in that moment of the game, like that was the biggest moment for me when I look at like, okay, is Ochai growing and understanding? The fact that he took that shot, much less made the shot, that he took that shot is a huge part of growth because I don't think a month ago he even looks at the basket in that situation. Is there any like coaching that needs to happen or has happened over the season with Walker with in terms of offensive rebounding or has he just kind of like grown a little bit in that area of just kind of learning the game? Yeah, I think he he gets the credit for that him and his teammates. Like they they're pushing him constantly to go get on the glass. Um, you know, Walker understands that especially a game like tonight where they're putting a matchup on him for at least half the game that's switching. He doesn't get to play in space a lot, like rolling to the rim and get a lob or get a pass in the pocket. And so sometimes against the switch, the way you're going to get the ball as a big guy is to go rebound against the switch. And he did a great job of that tonight. But he gets the credit for that. I think he's just figuring out different ways to impact the game. And similar to Ochai's physicality, like it's almost like Walker's realizing how big he is. Um, some of the rebounds that he gets are just because he seems to be a foot taller than everybody else. You guys did a really good job on Jason Tatum tonight, 4 12, uh, just 15 points, obviously, well below his scoring average. Um, what were you, how much was that? What, you got the strategy guarding him, how much was that guys um, making good effort on defense, and, and or maybe just shots weren't falling for him? Yeah, he, I think the fact that he only took 12 shots speaks to the team's effort to try to make his life hard. He's one of the best players in the NBA. And we came in tonight to tonight with a mindset of trying to make his life difficult, um, try to show him multiple bodies. And I thought the guys did a really good job of that. Is Jason usually going to make more than four if he takes 12 shots? I think so. So there's some of that. I think some of the shots that he missed, he could for sure make. but. You know, makes and misses in this league sometimes are hard to evaluate when you're talking about a player of that caliber. Like, you could almost argue that every shot that he misses, he just missed. Like, he's that good. But for me, it's a better sign to see that he only took 12 shots. I think that just shows that we showed him a lot of bodies tonight and the guys flew around. We good? Thanks, guys. Thank you.
There is Jazz head coach Will Hardy as the Jazz win tonight, 118 to 117. Quickly on that note, he just hit at the end. I didn't realize it until he said it. Jason Tatum only taking 12 shots. He had 15 points, six assists, three boards. That's a that's a W. He didn't score in the second half. That's wow. They did a ter- terrific job on one of the best players in the league. And everybody did it. You know, it was a it was a concerted effort. I really impressed that he got the team together and uh, leadership of the team talked about zone. They, had some time this week to work on it, and it was very good. In my mind, a couple of those tweaks, you know, this game was headed in the wrong direction, but it's a great hallmark of a coach to try to change the momentum, and Coach Hardy did that. The guys responded. Uh, Tatum was, you know, held well, well below his average, um, and there was one late possession, you know, where they kind of forced a tough shot that Ochai was, was on him and did such a great job, and Coach... Talked about Ochai for a while. He was he was phenomenal. We'll get into it a lot more, but impressive win. The Jazz looked to be dead there in the first uh, first half and fight back as Team Forty Nine always does. Well, if you're excited about the Jazz win, you won as well because the Jazz got more than 111 points. They scored 118 tonight, which means you score big with Arby's. Jazz app users, uh, if the Jazz score 111 or more points in a game, Jazz app users score a free Arby's roast beef sandwich tomorrow in the Jazz app. With that, we will say good night to our network stations as Jazz come away with a win 118 to 117 over the Celtics. Next broadcast is coming your way Monday night. The Sacramento Kings will be in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we've got more sound for you. We'll continue to break this one down as well. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz win! Beat the Celtics here at Vivint Arena tonight, 118 to 117 in another thriller. Coach Comb, this uh, this season overall has been so fun because it seems like every single game almost is competitive. Even when the Jazz come up short, it seems like they've got a chance. Uh, they get a chance to get clutch minutes and play down the stretch. And oftentimes, we're uh, when these mics crack, we're talking about a heck of a game. And tonight, no different. How fun was that? It was great. Um, you know, we knew going in it was going to be difficult. And uh, the one thing the Jazz had going for them is is that all that time off. And I I think that there was a lot of really good work done. I think individually and as a team. Uh, but this team will always be defined to me by their fight. Uh, they just do not accept when they're they're down. Um, and, and they don't win every game, right? We've we've seen plenty of fight come up short, but. Um, we've talked ad nauseum about these games going right down to the wire, and tonight what looked like a, a blowout in the first half, the Jazz just keep fighting. And uh, the things that stand out to me, Jake, are, are the numbers. I think there's a lot of story in the numbers, which we're going to go through. But 
Uh, overall, just something I think everybody should be real proud. And Coach Hardy's just done a phenomenal job with whatever lineup he has or whatever guys he can put out there. They're going to fight and they're going to compete. So Lowry Markin led the way at a double double: twenty eight points, ten rebounds, ten of twenty three shooting, four of twelve from three. But all Jazz uh, starters, all five Jazz starters, had double figures tonight. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker with nineteen; he was eight of twenty shooting. He also had seven boards and five assists. Uh, Ochai Obaji had uh, sixteen points tonight, three assists. He was six of eleven shooting, four of eight from three. Uh, Kelly Olenek, a double-double, 13 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and then Walker Kessler, a double-double as well, 12 points, 14 rebounds, but he had three block shots, in, including the game winner. We call it that with a block, the game saver? Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, what a block. Uh, it, amazing. Yep. Absolutely. Got it with his left hand again. You know, if you look back at it, not even close to a foul. I mean, not even close enough that it would be controversial. He got it. It was clean. And the Jazz win as a result. Yeah, so much, uh, so many things to unpack right there. But I think the numbers that jump off me and, and the kind of the stories I feel like they tell. Uh, you talked about everybody's individual performance, but every single one of the Jazz starters in double figures. Um, and, and you know the assist numbers: twenty nine assists, only one got one starter. Um, Walker Kessler had one assist, but everybody else that started the game had a crooked number. Uh, Ochai had three assists. Horton Tucker five. Markin in three, and Olenek six. So what does that tell you? Balls popping, guys are unselfish. Spacing was pristine tonight. It had to be because the Celtics team's so good. We talked about it, top five. But you look at just individual numbers, and those numbers tell me that. There was just a ton of effort. One other area, every single guy um, that started the game, minus Ochai, uh, but Horton Tucker, Kessler, Markinen, and Olenek, all with crooked numbers, in the offensive rebound category. That's hard that? to do. Um, three guys um, with double-figure rebounds across the board in Kessler, Markin, and Olenek. Just a great effort. Uh, uh, just a really fun team effort to watch tonight. As far as the Celtics go, they were led by <clears throat> Jalen Brown, who had 25 points. He had six assists, four boards. He was 9 of 19 from the field, 4 of 9 from three, Grant Williams, who you and I both like, great player, 23 points, 8 of 16 shooting, 7 of 12 from three, four uh, rebounds, couple of assists. He had five personal fouls uh, tonight for him. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 16 coming in off the bench. Jason Tatum, though, only 15 points, 4 of 12 shooting, 3 of 8 from three, six assists, three rebounds. All 15 of those points came in the first half, Coach. That's amazing. I mean, amazing that they limited him to to just twelve attempts. But to shut him out for a half a player like that, you're doing something right. He is averaging thirty points a game, sixth in the NBA. Uh, so they held him to half his his number of points. Um, and really, I think it, it. We talk about spacing all the time on the offensive side, but spacing on the defensive side has to be you know as as well executed. Guys in the gap, and particularly with his team, we talked about Brown and Tatum constantly forcing the issue and trying to probe and attack. The Jazz offensive spacing was awesome. The defensive spacing might have been better. And the switch to zone and all the things that that created, just a, a masterful call right there by Hardy and the staff. Let's uh, let's get to the master of the class, as long as we're talking uh, rebounds. Uh, big part of the Jazz game tonight. Uh, brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. 
tonight's master of the glass, and it was a competitive one, Walker Kessler. 14 rebounds. But how about this, Coach? Eight of those rebounds were offensive rebounds. And uh, the Jazz, as a team, uh, you might have just mentioned this number. Sorry if you did. 17 offensive rebounds as a team. Boston only got five. The Jazz total on the glass, Coach, 56 to 40. Out-rebounded the Celtics by 16 boards. Man, just dominant. And I know uh, Coach likes to give uh, Kessler a little bit of a hard time and said, oh, he just grabbed some of those rebounds because he's uh, taller than everybody. But you know what? Give the man credit. He's turned into a great rebounder this year. If you go back and watch those offensive rebounds, particularly in the first half, he did a lot of that in zone. Um, or excuse me, he did a lot of that, yeah, while the Jazz were playing zone on one end. And it seemed like he had a little bit more, you know, he's fresh and he was able to crash. But he came flying from everywhere. And... Yeah, he can go get boards that are in his area, but he did a great job tonight out of his area, and those are the things you really want to see with a big guy. Certainly mobile. Uh, Walker just keeps getting more confidence game in and game out, and the game-tying block with that left hand was just beautiful. If we were doing Master of the Glass for the Celtics, their top rebounder is Luke Cornett with seven. The Jazz out-hustled them. They out-pulled them. Yeah, they really did. Boston was shot it. Really well. They made 13 threes. And, man, it seemed like they were just, every everybody was in the act there early. But they just kept playing. 13 in the first half. Yeah, they the finished half. the game with 22. Yep. How often do you see a team make 22 of 51 threes and lose the game? That rarely happens. That's Yeah, you dig into the rest of the numbers. But in tonight, I think that tells the story. I think the Celtics got some things free and easy early. Jazz kept fighting and, you know, kind of bowed their neck. Wow. All right, Jazz win. Uh, 118 to 117 over the Celtics. Coming up next, we'll get you some sound from the players. Stay tuned. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win. 118-117 over the Boston Celtics. Postgame is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. Featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. We'll get to uh, some player sound coming up. But Coach, a big theme of uh, tonight. 97.5 97.5 KZNS-FM Colville, 1280 KZNS-AM Salt Lake City, and KSL-FM HD2 Salt Lake City Midvale. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. He didn't have a whiteboard to really break down what they were doing. So let's talk a little bit about what they were doing. Well, obviously the zone, um, you know, zones are used for different, uh, a lot of different things. But I think with Celtics, they do such a great job of attacking you. Um, and so... In man-to-man, obviously, you're chasing your man. And if you are on the left side of the floor and he vacates and runs uh, to the other side of the floor, you're going to kind of you know, going to follow him to the midline. In a zone, you're going to stay where you are, and you're, you're guarding a territory, an area. And it really, I think, again, the Jazz slowed Boston down going to the zone because for a couple of reasons, I think they had a rhythm. They had a rhythm in man, coming off ball screens, coming off handoffs, being able to isolate um, and step back. The zone actually made him think a little bit, made him have to run a, a different uh, type of pattern. And in that interim, the Jazz were able to kind of find themselves on the offensive side, slow Boston down. And, um, you know, one of the hard things to do in a zone is rebound. And if you can rebound in a zone, 
and you can get a couple of stops. As the game goes on, you get confidence in it. And I felt like they used it perfectly. They, they did those things. They changed tempo. They changed pace. They were allowing uh, Boston to have to make shots in a different way. And the Jazz all the while got some confidence and were able to uh, get back in the game. I think it's cool they uh, put in a new wrinkle with some time off. You know, you have four days off. They got some rest. You know, they didn't practice all of those four days. But you get in into the gym and... I don't know, put something in the lab, see if it works. It was extremely effective tonight. And I liked it. It was collaborative. There, there's something cool about that. It kind of speaks to the culture. And we've talked often about the importance of culture. Again, um, a tanking culture is really hard to then say, okay, we're, we're done losing now. Everybody put on your best suit, and we're going, <laughs> we're going to go out and win. Uh, the Jazz have really – I know there's people who are probably grumpy the Jazz won tonight, but – there is so much merit, and you cannot, like Coach just said, you cannot simulate Ochai rising up and hitting a, a deep three from the wing in his rookie year against one of the best teams in the league, a team that we, you and I think may win it all. Um, but where do you get that experience? Walker Kessler getting that game-winning block, um, having to get stop after stop down the stretch. That stuff is, you cannot simulate it. And so to be able to go out and do it, it just it strengthens your culture, the fabric of everything you do. Um, and you get stronger from games like tonight. Well, I got to imagine. I mean, all these young players are getting stronger from this sort of experience, and Coach Hardy touched on that a little bit as well. But I'd, I'd just say Walker Kessler. I mean, you know, actually having the experience to go out and play against one of the best teams in the NBA and get a huge block shot that literally wins the team the game. I mean, f- figuring out how to do that without fouling and positioning and doing it against the best of the best has is, is got to be valuable. And think about, you know, obviously a lot of great things, but we've talked about this too. The season has not gone perfectly for him. And, no. you know, he's had moments where he's, in his mind, felt he left the team, let the team down. I'm telling you, he may have played, going back and watching it, he might have played his best game as a Jazz guy. And that's saying a ton. But against this competition, the Jazz dug themselves a hole, kind of had to create, you know, he, he went in there and held down the fort, and the Jazz found themselves. They've got a sensational young player, and I've said all along, this year is is so instrumental. I mean, the number of games he's played, I'm just looking to see, he's played 66 games now, um, and he is, you know, he's impactful in every game that he plays in. And he missed those two free throws after the flagrant foul by Jalen Brown, and that is something he absolutely is going to have to work on if he wants to continue to close games and be impactful and he's still a rookie and not a perfect player after all. But to shake it off, I mean, if it were me, Coach, you know, you've, uh, I'm a mental midget. You should see me on the golf course with putts. I mean, I miss a shot and I'll fall apart for four more holes. Can't imagine, you know, close game against the Celtics, charged atmosphere. By the way, the fans were terrific tonight. Uh, to, to struggle from the line, miss two free throws. And then still stay engaged and make make that kind of play down the stretch. I, I think it says a lot about him. Well, that's training. That's coaching. And the other thing that I took from Coach Hardy's comments was, you know, his constant, I guess, um, you know, his constant message to the guys that very uh, there's no perfect basketball game. You know, no game is ever perfect. Nobody's ever played it. A perfect game, you know, got every rebound that they're supposed to get and deflect every pass. Uh, but... What's important is to learn and, and grow and improve. It's something that is stressed. And I've been really impressed with Walker, regardless of the type of night he had the night before he comes out and gives uh, a great effort. And 
again, we are just on the front end of uh, what's going to be a really fun career for this kid. All right, let's get uh, downstairs. It's time to hear from Ochai Obaji. Um, I think just understand the physicality of the NBA um, defense, um, kind of you know knowing what, what guys' tendencies are. I mean, obviously they're tough players to guard in general, but how to make you know their their job tough, so stuff like that. At this point in the season, how how much are you playing on just kind of pure instinct and everything compared to being so methodical and going about it that way? Um, I think, I mean, now, just the position I'm in now, I think um, I'm not thinking. I'm just playing, just going out there and, and you know, just, just reacting, just playing, not thinking about anything. But it really just comes from my teammates, coaches. Um, they just kind of put me in uh, the position night in, night out uh, to be aggressive, to, to know that I'm taking the right shots, to know that I'm doing all the, making all the right plays, um, to continue to do that. And um, So, yeah. Is there an aspect of this performance individually that you're most proud of? Um, I think just just the just being ready uh, throughout the whole entire game. Um, late when it when it got you know late there, just being ready to shoot, um, being ready to step up and knock down that that shot um, whenever whenever it came. So. Do you think you would have taken that shot earlier in the year? No, hundred <laughs> percent no. So what changed? Like what? In- like I said, just the confidence that that I get from my teammates, from my coaches. You had that tough close in Miami. Mm-hmm. How long has that? I mean, have you just been thinking about that since then? No. Um, I mean, I didn't even. I don't even think I watched film over it. I mean, I saw the play multiple times, but I didn't watch film over it with any coaches or anything. Um, I knew the the decision I should have made there. Obviously, dump it off or um, you know go strong to the basket. But just kind of how I move is just you know next next play next game mentality um, I got to be better in that aspect closing games making those decisions late in games and that's about it um, nothing else to it just just keep moving forward and make those decisions when they when they happen next how, how important is it for you um, you know and some of the other you know rookies and younger players on the roster to be playing in games like this down the stretch uh, it's huge. I mean, it's huge for Walker and I um, in our in our early careers. Um, just kind of getting a taste of you know the best team playing against the best team in the NBA. Um, what it what it looks like guarding guys night in night out. You know, for his position, it's different than mine. But um, just to, to hone in on all those the details that go into the game, um, so we can so we can win. So. How much of an adjustment has like the the speed of the schedule been for you? I mean, I know you just had four days off, but yeah. in general, like having back-to-backs, you know, that kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. What is that like for you? It actually didn't feel like four days off. Yeah. Uh, that's how it feels. It feels like, you know, we um, we play. It kind of feels like we play so long ago, but not really um, in a way. But um, kind of this last stretch that we have, I know we have, I think, two more back-to-backs or back-to-backs to go. Um, but just finishing strong and um, just taking it game by game still. When we were talking to Will, he kind of said that, like your greatest strength is that you're a great kid and that you want to do things right and that that can also be your weakness is that you're like always trying to like stay within the lines. Do you feel like as the season's gone on, you've kind of been willing to step outside a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, that that comes from the confidence from my teammates and coaches is to, to know that stepping out of, you know, playing my normal game or just myself stepping out of that to, to try to experiment. If something goes wrong, and that's okay. Um, just trying stuff out like that. So. You guys held 
Tatum to just 15 points on 4-12 shooting. Will said the 12 shots, the, that number not it not being more than that, mm-hmm. um, was kind of the biggest indicator to him at, at the performance that you guys had. You were on him a lot tonight. What what went into that, yeah. uh, holding him to just 15 points, 4-12? It's a collective. Uh, a collective. Collectively, we, we all um, you know keyed in on him. He was the guy that... Uh, we couldn't have, you know, obviously, you know, get going in, in any moment at the at the game. But um, yeah, I was just collectively talking on defense. You know, Lowry helped me out. We switched we switched the zone um, for majority of the second half, uh, so that we were just throwing different looks at him. So, yeah. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you, thank you, guys. There's Ochai Obaji. Uh, big shot tonight down the stretch. Hit a big three. Played some big defense. 16 points, three assists, one rebound. We'll get Coach uh, Lacombe's thoughts on what we just heard from Ochai right there. Coming up next, stay tuned. Jazz win 118-117 over the Celtics. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Imagine next season listening to the game while wearing authentic jazz gear that your favorite jazz player wore during tonight's game. At the end of the season, 17 lucky winners will have the opportunity to keep everything in one jazz player's locker. We don't know what the players are going to leave behind, but the possibilities are endless. Winners will be selected every month until the end of the season, guaranteeing them one of the player's lockers, plus a jazz prize pack consisting of homie and jazz swag. Enter at homie.com slash jazz for your chance to win. Sounds like that engine was tuned at Larry H. Miller dealerships because we are geared for service. We've repaired over 20 million vehicles. Our master trained technicians can handle every job, big or small, on every make and model. Our state-of-the-art facilities are close to you and set up for fast service. From oil changes to major repairs, we're ready to help. Shift your car care into high gear at Larry H. Miller dealerships. Driven by you. Jazz NFTs are available exclusively through CoinZoom, the official cryptocurrency partner and NFT marketplace for the Utah Jazz. The CoinZoom NFT marketplace is a simple and secure venue for fans to purchase crypto and jazz NFTs with a free wallet to safely store them. No crypto knowledge needed. Bid, buy, and check out easily. You can pay all the usual ways. You don't need crypto to get an NFT. Starting your NFT collection could not be easier. Download the CoinZoom app now so you never miss a jazz NFT drop. Taylor and Chase from Morgan Jewelers. If you're planning to propose, then before she says yes, we'll say yes. Wait, wait, that sounds like the customer is proposing to us. What? And we're going to say yes. No, no, we say yes, as in we'll approve your loan for a better rate. Oh, because we offer in-house financing. Yes. For over 100 years, we've been saying yes to our customers. So you get the ring you really want. Only at Morgan Jewelers. Find the location nearest you at morganjewelers.com. Down there, it's a nail biter, but up here, it's a break for fun food and jazz fandom. Welcome to the Ford Fan Zone, high atop Bivens Smart Home Arena. The Ford Fan Zone features social corners to meet friends and associates of the game. The Ford Fan Zone team dishes up free jazz tickets, movie passes, and Ford swag, and photos with jazz favorites. And the all-you-can-eat buffet is stocked with hot dogs, drinks, and snacks. Food, fun, fans, and Ford, all part of the Ford Fan Zone. Get your game and buffet ticket package at utahjazz.com. Sponsored by your local Ford stores. 
I'm unique, and so are my financial needs. That's why when Zions Bank says they're dedicated to valuing you, supporting you, serving you, understanding you, protecting you, what they're really saying is they're dedicated to providing me with tools and services designed to meet my unique financial needs, no matter what stage of life I find myself in. It's just one of the many ways Zions Bank is for you and for me. A division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A., member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, and MLS number 467014. Get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win. Uh, 118 to 117 over the Boston Celtics. We'll get you more player sound coming up here momentarily. But let's uh, check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Uh, Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight from the line, Coach, Jazz were 17 of 22, 77%. Uh, Let's see. Had a bunch, uh, let's see, a couple guys went five times. Kelly Olenek had five foul shots. He was 2 of 5. Walker Kessler was 2 of 5 as well. For the Celtics, they were 11 of 16, only 69% from the line. Jason Tatum had uh, six foul shots. Only uh, he made four of them. So four of his 15 points came from the line. That may have been the key. This uh, Coach Lacombe holding the, the lid on one of the best players in the league who's just having an incredible year. And by the way, if he's averaging 30 points a game and still sixth in the league in scoring, I think that shows you how much scoring is up around the league. But anyway, uh, pretty amazing to half his season average. Yeah, I actually looked when I saw he, I looked up to see, yeah, 30 and he's sixth. I was like, dang, is that right? Is that a misprint? But yeah, for sure, that's a that that's a big number. Um, the, not him, him not going to the free throw line was huge. And I was just looking at that number, the Celtics... Um, typically do a pretty good job because of their attacking nature at getting to the line. Uh, the Jazz hold them to uh, one of their five lowest numbers going to the line um, and just made them have to make shots. They they did a great job, as I said, defensive spacing and contesting, and then most of all, ending those possessions with a rebound. And rebounding was a big story tonight. 40 rebounds uh, for the Celtics, 56 for the Utah Jazz, including 17 offensive rebounds. Man, that makes a difference. Uh, absolute huge difference. And, again, I've, I, there's a reason those hustle boards are everywhere in NBA arenas. Those those are the X factor in games. And when you look at a one-point win, um, it's those hustle plays that the Jazz just mastered tonight. All right, let's get back downstairs and now hear from Lowry Markinen. Man. <laughs> yeah, love Arizona. Tough game for them, obviously. But. Well, at least Princeton backed it up and beat Missouri today. So... So JC can't do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he did make it one round further. <laughs> no Walker here today, huh? Yeah. So not, not a lot of questions today. Uh, Will said that a couple senior council members, one who wears a backwards hat and one who is from Finland, advocated for bringing back his own look. Yes. <laughs> you know, Take us through why uh, why you wanted to. I guess see that back and, and how that discussion went. Uh, yeah, we we talked about it before practice and uh, 
we were happy to try it again. Uh, I can't remember how it went last time. Probably not that well since we got away from it. But guys were excited just to mixing it up. And uh, so we put it in. We brought it back a couple of days ago. And uh, obviously it's still not perfect. But we flew around the floor on the defensive end. And I got some stops and uh, messed the rhythm up. So uh, we keep working on that, I'm sure. But I think it's a good thing to have kind of to mix up the defense. How would you describe your zone? How do you describe that defense? It, it looked odd. Yeah, chaos. Uh, do you have a name for it? Uh, no, not yet. We just have a... I'm not going to give a scout for I'm sure it was pretty obvious, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we come up with a funny call for it, too, but... Uh, no, just... It's us working together, like I said, flying around, really trying to mess their rhythm and uh, make them hesitate on their decision-making and uh, give them a different look. So not just, obviously, good players. Sorry. You have to ask a question now. Who's in the middle of an answer? Come right in. Yeah, I, I, I lost my thought. Uh, where was I? I don't know. Uh, flying around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, try it. But yeah, good players, you give them the same look all, over and over and over again. Like they're going to figure it out and just trying to. There's so many great players in this league, we're trying to make their life a little bit more difficult and make them think a little bit more. And that's what we're trying to. How long did it take to convince uh, Will to go to the zone? Was it a few timeouts you guys were saying, hey, let's go to the zone, or was it really just in one? I don't think we started out that well, so we we went to it pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, but are you talking about, like, practice for him to bring it up? No, like you, it, when you were trying to convince him during the game, how long did it take for him to say, okay, yeah, let's try the zone? I can't remember if it was his idea. I, he, it was probably him bringing it up, but... Probably somewhere in the second quarter, I would say, probably. What, what about your personnel made you guys so confident that that was something that you could go to? Like, you as your, the senior counsel. So what? Like, you and, he said you and Kelly came and were like, hey, let's do this. Uh-huh. What made you confident in your personnel that this would work? A young group of guys that just, they're hungry and they love to, again, as I'm saying, repeating, it's just fly around the court and, uh, get deflections and play aggressive on that side of the floor as well. And uh, I mean, I guess when the old, older guys say, we're going to try it out, <laughs> we're going to try it out. But uh, I don't think anybody had any negatives to say about it. Obviously, we can still get better at it, but I mean, got us to win. Uh, so I think we're all happy. What have you seen out of Taylor? You know, just this progression uh, since he took over the starting point guard role. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> you were on the road, right? Yeah, I talked to you. Yeah, I mean, same thing I said there. Uh, <laughs> what am I, invisible? <laughs> no, it's, it's so long time ago, I don't even remember. Uh, but same thing, just him getting more and more comfortable when to attack, when to facilitate, and obviously he's great at getting downhill and finishing around the rim, so uh, just taking his time, and uh, so it's good to get him get those reps in and uh, getting more and more comfortable 
just and seeing all the reads that he has to make. So, uh, yeah, he's been playing great. What's what would it mean? Like? What would it mean to you personally to make the playoffs? I mean, I haven't been the. I guess I can say I've been in the postseason since I played and playing, but I haven't been in the playoffs. Uh, so you mean a lot. Obviously, we got we got some work to do, and uh, this was one win for us, and we try to go and get the next one. But it would mean a lot just to get that experience and uh, play that playoff basketball. Everybody keeps talking about. What's it been like watching just Walker and Oja's growth? You know, from the beginning of the season to now. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day since this season started. Uh, Ocha, he was back with the G League at some point, right? Yeah, so just doing that and now being in the lineup and making big plays down the stretch, obviously huge strides. And I'm happy for him, but I think the exciting part is that we still know how much he can get better. And uh, the same thing with Walker, seeing the stuff that might have not seen in the earlier in the year, but kind of pick and roll defense and just playing on the perimeter. And uh, so he, he's making big strides too. So it's good to see that development throughout the season. So it's good to get these close games to get them comfortable down the stretch. And uh, so yeah. Will was talking about in terms of Ochai's growth, seeing him like start to kind of like break out of like staying on the path of what he should do every time and start to play more instinctually. Do you remember like when you felt like you could start doing that as a as a rookie or did you have that from the beginning or like what's that process like? Yeah, I think as a rookie just maybe you're just trying to get to it and I uh, feel like I had the green light to do it so it felt good but I mean it takes time to fits your role in a team, obviously coming from college, just veteran pro professionals on the team. And then like he taking taking the spot and just trying to, we want him to play aggressive and make plays for it. So I think he's doing a great job with what he said, just go and play his game and then not think about too much. And that's when you play, you're at your best really, just play with your instincts and uh, so. Yeah. How do you made your? Uh, no question, huh? I, can, I have just chill. Yeah. <laughs> just chill. How do you made the All Star team? You said that you were gonna have to figure out another goal. Where's All NBA fit into your goals? Uh, it would be a pretty cool thing to get, like the acknowledgement. But I mean, I can put that in one of my one of my goals uh, on the individual level. But I said trying to go day by day and trying to worry about what happens on the floor and uh, we'll see. I don't even know who makes the decision on that. Is that you guys? It would mean a lot. <laughs> it would be really big. Really big part. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Last one for Andy. You guys scored three points in each second, third, fourth quarter. What kind of turned around after some start? Uh, I think we got some stops. Uh, we got out in transition. Uh, then obviously, they're a good defensive team, so trying to get out in transition and make them guard full court rather than half court. And then I think 
uh, we we had a better pace in the second half, just whatever, not just up and down, but inside of our offense. I think we did a better job for executing, and obviously there was still some wild plays that we made, And uh, but I think overall we kind of got in the rhythm towards the end and uh, kind of figure out what they were trying to do defensively and play with our instincts. Thank you, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, what's that? Really, you're <laughs> you're the one on that one. He has the all-in-behave yeah. on so. <laughs> yeah. There's Lowry marking in 28 points, 10 rebounds. Jazz win 118 to 117 over the Celtics. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll get Coach Lacobin's uh, thoughts on what we just heard coming up next. We'll put a bow on this one straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Five seconds to play. Utah 118, Boston 117. Brown in the far corner, Hauser in the game in the near corner, Brogdon inbounding, Williams under the basket. Brogdon gets it into Williams. He attacks the basket, puts it up, blocked by Kessler, pulled up by Markkinen, knocked away, rolling into the backcourt as the clock goes to zero, and the Jazz have beat the Boston Celtics as Walker Kessler defends the rim. Everyone join me. Walker, Ross, Kessler. Don't forget Ross. Got to have Ross in there. You know, our uh, our guy Jamil sometimes has, you know, a little more difficulty than others selecting the appropriate play of the game. Brought to you, by the way, by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Don't think tonight was too tough, huh, Jamil? I think, I think it was pretty easy picking tonight's play of the game. Good job by David, though. Thought he captured the moment well. And I thought that was the exact moment that Ron, the buttons, flew. Is that what it is? Call him Ross. <laughs> he stood up on the table and, like Titanic and leaned into it. What a play. That's the game-winning block shot from Walker Kessler. 118-117 to 117 is your final Jazz win. They beat the Celtics. Uh, postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share, uh, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. What a rookie season for him. I I don't know. I, I haven't admittedly followed the rookie race close enough to, to kind of handicap it, but, man, he's got to get a bunch of votes for Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, Ben Carroll will probably win it. Um, he's pretty hands down, right? Yeah, and he, and I think, you know, he's had, he's had a great year in a lot of respects, but, man, for the purest, in, in knowing where Walker came from, what he, he certainly wasn't the first pick taken. He was traded. Uh, came to a brand new situation, and oh yeah, by the way, you're supposed to replace a legend. Uh, I, I think he's done quite well in year one, and it's plays like that, you know, that we see often over and over again. This time, he blocks it with his left hand. Uh, that's such a great skill. You know, Ron when, and David were talking about it, but you, you typically see a dominant shot blocker with one hand, and Walker's, you know, he's he's uh, ambidextrous as a shot blocker, which is really cool to see. It is cool. I didn't realize, you know, kind of still we started digging into Walker's game, just how rare that is, that he's able to do that. I can do that like on an eight-foot hoop with 
grade school kids. I think it gets little children, swat, yeah. <laughs> just, just swatting balls right, left, and center. In fact, there's a funny story uh, about Danny Ainge out in, you know, I, I went to Boston for a couple of years out there, and the lore was that, that Danny would show up from time to time on Mondays to play ball with the fellas and would just go all out. And, you know, nobody could score on him, and he'd just be swatting balls around. So, you know, it's a... It's a thing, but no easy buckets. No easy yeah. buckets. Walker certainly subscribes to that line of thought. And again, to to bounce back after missing a couple of free throws, keep his head in the game and and make that play is is pretty remarkable. Jazz got twenty eight points from Lowry, marking and ten rebounds. He also had three assists, ten of twenty three shooting, four of twelve from three. And we did find out, coach, that uh, he and Ochai were kind of the two voices that wanted to bring back the zone, which was uh, a good move. In fact, Lowry said, oh, I can't remember how it went the last time we played. Probably not well. <laughs> they, they, they wanted to bring it back. Well, and it worked tonight. you got to have time to work on something. And, you know, their schedule has been, you know, we're going to take, uh, we got three games in four days, and we're going to take a day and work on zone. It just doesn't work. So a great time with, with multiple days to kind of build upon it. And uh, it was definitely effective. Tatum got 12 shots. And... Uh, Made 15 points, averaging 30. It, it limited penetration. I would say I have to go back and watch it again. Um, but you fear zone a little bit because you're not assigned to a blockout. And that was something that Jazz paced, uh, faced tonight, but they, they passed that test with flying colors. Uh, THT had 19 tonight, seven boards, five assists. Um, Let's see here. Ochai, 16 points, 3 assists, a huge 3, a bunch of good defense down the stretch. Kelly Olenek with a double-double, 13 points, 13 boards. He also added 6 assists. Uh, Walker Kessler, we've uh, talked a lot about him tonight for good reason. 12 points, 14 boards, 3 block shots. By the way, 8 of those 14 rebounds uh, were offensive rebounds. The Jazz jazz bench was not terrific tonight, but uh, Rudy Gay... Uh, led the effort with nine points. Uh, Simone Fontecchio uh, added eight. We talked about Jason Tatum, only 15.0 points in the second half. The Celtics were led by Jalen Brown, who had 25 total points. He only had 10 points in the second half. Uh, Grant Williams with 23 points, four boards, and a couple of assists. But the Celtics come up short. The Jazz with a win, uh, 118 to 117. Coach, let's get a few final thoughts from you on this one before we. Uh, Turn the page. Well, I had a lot of conversation all week about this game because it was the only game after Monday. How are we going to do against the Celtics? You know, I went to St. George and played golf. Uh, the one thing I would say, I told them, hey, look, this game is not going to be a blowout. And I even told people that tonight um, that we're wondering if the, the Jazz might get blown out. The Celtics are great, and I think we're going to see a lot of them come playoff time. But it's just Team 49, man. They'd show up. They don't care who's in the lineup or who's not. Um, got off to a rough start and shifted gears. Just so impressed. Uh, impressed with the coaching. Impressed with the guys in a response. Um, so many different things that went on tonight that had to happen. But we see this team continue to grow. This is, is a big-time win. And um, 12 games left on the schedule. A major, major uh, fight in the Western Conference, jockeying for position. So a lot of, a lot of ball left and a lot of, um, a lot of juggling in the standings. So we'll sit back and watch what happens. Uh, we want to say big thanks to everybody who helped with the broadcast tonight. Of course, Lock and Boone, 
Uh, thanks to Mike Smith for jumping on with us during the pregame show. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins. Great work from him as usual. Executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to our title sponsor of the postgame show, Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Coach Lacombe, as always, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure to see you. Had a great night tonight. Responding. Um Good to get that salad, that media salad again. I'd missed it. So good to see you, and I'll see you on Monday. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.